Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. NBC announced this week that it's renewing the game show The Weakest Link for season three this fall with hilarious host Jane Lynch. I spoke to Lynch when she performed at the Birchmere in Alexandria, Virginia in 2015, just days before the series finale of Glee. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jane. It's a pleasure meeting you. Nice meeting you, too. Uh, so you have a show coming up here at the Birchmere. How long have you been at that end of the career? Well, you know, that was the beginning of my career. It was, uh, uh, you know, it's cabaret and sketch and, um, you know, kind of going into uh, established uh, stage shows and doing my thing and um, working with ensembles. And that's where I started, you know, with Second City and uh, doing one-person shows and stuff like that. Um, but never by myself, really. I called them one-person shows. And this is, looks like a one-person show as well, but actually um, I'm touring with a five-piece band. They are amazing. And Kate Flannery from The Office, she played Meredith the Drunk. She's a friend, and we've been singing together for decades. And uh, <laughs> we just have a blast. We, we have a blast. We're doing all sorts of different songs, lots of, uh, lots of different forms. We've got uh, some obscure jazz stuff, an obscure Irving Berlin tune. Um, some show tunes that we've turned on their ear and um, hopefully some hilarious patter. And it's a fast, fun, furious hour, which is the way I like to do it. Um, but just get back to what you were saying about um, it's yeah. it's fun how it's kind of come full circle, right? Doing one-person shows, yeah. Second City and everything. And then, you know, probably the last thing you expected was to go off into movies and TV, and now you've come all the way back around to one-person shows again. It, it's a wild ride, huh? Exactly. And, you know, when I was doing movies and TV, which, of course, I'm still doing, sure. but um, I never thought I wanted to go back to theater. I really, the thought of uh, doing a live show was no longer like a, a ticklish thing for me. And then I did Annie on Broadway, and it all came back to me. <laughs> and I loved it, and I got the bug again. And that's really what led to my doing this cabaret show that I'm currently touring with. Absolutely. Um, let's go a little through some of your um, your career highlights, if you like. One of the first things I remember, and this might be you know underrated in your mind of accomplishments, but the first thing I remember seeing you in was The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was uh, you know I was a, a theater person at that time. It was shot in Chicago. That's where I was doing theater, and I you know kind of walked into this role. I didn't audition for it or anything. For some reason, the casting person who saw me in the real live Brady Bunch. <laughs> on a, a shitty little stage in a garage in Chicago. <laughs> Thought I might be good as the lab technician. <laughs> for Harrison Ford's you know. hunt for the one-armed man, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah isn't that something? Uh, that's funny. Yeah. What was it like working with Harrison? Oh, great. You know, he was a really he was a real pro. He was really nice to me. Um, you know, I was 
very young. I guess I was 30, which was much younger than I am now. And it was the first time I'd really acted in a movie, you know, seriously acted in a movie. I'd done little silly turns and things like uh, vice versa. Anything that came into town, you know, I would get a small part in. But, yeah, he was great, and he uh, he took me into his trailer, and we kind of reworked the scene because he, he didn't like the way it was written, so we kind of reworked it. And it was a very satisfying kind of a peak experience for me back then. <laughs> Well, and that kind of was your transition from the the live uh, realm to you know on on camera. Yeah. While the fugitive was more serious, um, I'm sure the forty year old virgin was you more at home in your comedic realm. You were absolutely hysterical in that film. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, and that's celebrating its ten year anniversary this year. Absolutely, and it, but and before that, I had done best in show. You know, I started. Doing oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Movie. That's right. That's right. What was it like working with that? I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned the uh, drunk from the office as you put it a few seconds ago. <laughs> um, but you know, in a way, you guys, you know, guest was pioneering that whole um, mockumentary, and then with Forty Old Virgin, you kind of helped put Steve Carell on the map, and then sh- there he is working on the office with her. Things kind of come yeah, full well, circle. Oh yeah, it was a very small world at that point. Um, in fact, when we were doing. It was Steve's first, you know, Steve is a Chicagoan, too. Well, he, he grew up in, I think, uh, San Francisco or Boston or something. But we were at Second City at the same time. Oh, and okay. Kate was there as well. And um, so for Steve, it was his first star turn. And he had just shot the office pilot. So he didn't even know that that was going to become a series, mm-hmm. much less a hit. Right. And he didn't know he was going to be a big star at that point either. Um, but uh, all all signs were pointing toward it. But yeah, that was that was a big year for Steve. It was a big year for me too. Absolutely. I mean, if you look back at that movie, I mean, just let's talk about it because it's the ten year anniversary. Um, mm-hmm. So many so many stars came from that. I mean, you went on to do Glee. I mean, Seth Rogen skyrocketed. Steve Carell skyrocketed. Yeah. You have Jonah Hill, like you know, buying the shoes and the thing. I mean, so many right. people took off from that movie. Well, I mean, do you think that it's going to help its legacy? You know, maybe fifty years we look back at you know in oh, a way. Oh sure. We, yeah. You know who else was in that movie? Had a very small part. Kevin Hart. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he played a customer at the the uh, tech store. You're you're absolutely right. There was there's literally yeah, there's the hottest thing now. Yeah, so many people came from that movie. Um, do you think it will rank among? I mean, I think it will among you know all time great comedies. You think so? I think a lot of a lot of people do. I mean, I think it's excellent. I haven't seen it in a while, and I'm sure it stands up. It was also Judd Apatow's first directing turn, mm-hmm. the first time he directed a movie. Um, and it put him on the map. It kind of started this whole thing for all of them, and including me, of this trajectory uh, of a particular kind of comic film that was, you know, um, kind of loosely scripted, a lot of improv, um, uh, and, you know, kind of uh, everybody, uh, you know, the best joke wins, even though there were people who were considered the stars of the film. Um, it was very ensemble feeling. You know, everybody had a, everybody's character was really developed, mm-hmm. and they all came with their own thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, that just kind of started a trend. Absolutely. And then... Um, and it led, to the, it led to some TV shows, too, that, that way, too. Some very ensemble TV shows. Absolutely. Speaking of which, um, then you show up on Glee, and then it's its own huge, massive success, which, I mean, did the fact that that was a music show, did that kind of start bringing you back more towards the live? You know, if we're talking about your trajectory, did that bring I you... Bet it, I bet it did. Yeah. It was, yeah, I bet it did, because I, I got to do a few songs on um, on Glee that were really fun, and it got, kind of got me back in touch with how much I love to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, I think that led to, to uh, my uh, desire to get back on stage to do Annie and then to do this show. 
How much longer is Gleon? Aren't you guys on your final run here? We are on our final run. We've finished. We finished uh, shooting last week or the week before last. And I believe in three weeks the finale will air. What was the final shooting day like to be to have to say goodbye to all those folks that you were so close well, with? Well, it was the last three days that was really hard. Uh, it, it was like the countdown started the last three days, and they were very. It was very sad, and it was also really fun. Everybody laughing uncontrollably, crying uncontrollably. It was uh, full of emotion. It was a lot of fun. And, and I mean, and it's it's more than just uh, most shows. I mean, you guys have been through a lot together with you know Corey and everything yeah. else. I mean, it's I'm sure it was almost like a, a family that you have to say goodbye to. Yes, indeed, it was like a family, and it really showed. Um, you know, at the end there, everybody was in tears. Are we gonna? I mean, the show hasn't the finale hasn't aired yet. Are we gonna see um, you know some some real life emotions carrying on to the screen? Oh yeah, probably. I would imagine. I think there's some, there might be a teary scene or two in it. Um, but uh, we jump ahead five years um, at one point in the finale, and it's kind of fun to see where the writers have imagined that these people end up. And it's all very uplifting and heartening, and you know, it's about everybody feeling, you know, expressing themselves in their own individual way and being supported by each other all along the way. Do you think you and you know the rest of the people in the show and the show itself um, reinvigorated a sort of interest in musical theater? Because there weren't many, you know, at least movie musicals and things of that nature yeah. weren't really made throughout the '90s, unless it was maybe a Disney movie. But uh, you know, probably starting yeah. around the time Glee came back around, and you know, you had Chicago and Moulin Rouge and stuff. But I mean, I feel like there's been a, a reinvigoration of that, and in, in no small part to you guys. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, I think Ryan Murphy got it right. Is the, and he, you know, and it worked, and it inspired people to, you know, uh, kind of uh, explore music as a, a means in, in um, you know, television and film. And also, I believe it's it impacted kids a lot. I think a lot of musical theater people, you know, came out of the closet, so to speak, uh, and, and claimed that, you know, I want to, I might be the football player, but I want to be in the musical because I hear that uh, I, I don't have any stats for this, of course, but people tell me that they're uh, the the amount of kids auditioning for the school musical in some case, some places has gone up um, because of the people's love for Glee. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of our modern-day ride L high, you know? It's something that the pop phenomenon that yeah. took place in the high school hallways. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. So bringing, just bringing it full circle then, back to, you know, the show here um, this month at the Birchmere. Um, have, you, have, you yeah. been, have you been to uh, D.C. area much? I, I do get to the D.C. area much. I have not been to Alexandria or the Birchmere, so I'm really looking forward to that. But I have friends in D.C., and um, hopefully they're all coming out, and hopefully all, like, all of your listeners or your readers will come out. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to be there for two nights. And um, it's a nice, intimate venue compared to what we've been playing in. So we're really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, where are you in your tour? Where are we along the way? It's a spotty tour. It's not like we're gone for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So we've done uh, probably six shows total, maybe five, six. We've done six shows total at, uh, in this maybe 20-date uh, uh, tour. So we're into it. You know, we're we're... We're well into it, and um, we're having a blast. We're, you know, we're, we're loving it. Is there going to be a lot of audience interaction? Uh, not so much. Like, everybody clap your hands, or, oh, can I have a first line of dialogue? That's not going to happen. Right, right. But, um, you know, the, the great thing about a live theater event is that, indeed, the audience takes part and has a great deal to do with it. It's a communication between the two of us, the, the entity of the audience and our entity there on stage. And, uh, 
it's very invigorating and it's it's joyful. It's when I'm my happiest. It's, it's really, truly when I'm my happiest. Well, hopefully you uh, are very, very happy when you come here. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk oh, to I us. Oh, I know I will be. Thanks Great. so much for taking the time and going through your you know, your whole career. Sometimes people just want to talk about the here and now. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to kind of go through it all with me. No problem. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Thanks for coming. You bet. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.